Hello, brothers and sisters in recovery. Hello, fitness friends. Hello, anxiety warriors, and welcome to 40,000 Steps Live. I'm Christopher Heimerman. I'm your host, and I'm a lifelong survivor of mental illness. I'm not a licensed counselor, but guess what? Tonight's guest on our show tonight, JJ Wett, he is. And he is here to talk about the science of trauma. Big trauma, little trauma, it's all trauma, folks. And if we don't acknowledge it, it will run our lives and it will ruin our lives. We've got JJ on the show tonight. So glad to have you guys here because it's a great night for a run. Let's lace them up. It's 40,000 Steps Live. All right. So I'm going to bring you back to about two years ago when I was in rehab. I remember sitting in a circle in group counseling sessions and sort of doing the roll call around the room. There was that guy over there who crashed his car, hurt somebody else, ended up going to prison, lost his job, lost his family. That guy over there got shot. This guy over here, you don't want to know what happened to that guy. Here I am sitting in the circle and wondering, am I really supposed to be here with my Mickey Mouse problems? Sure, you know, I drank myself through every day, but you know what? I, I never hurt anybody that I was willing to admit. Didn't crash my car, didn't lose my house, didn't get into trouble. See, so often we get caught up in this comparison game, right? And usually it's the other side of the coin. It's, I want that guy's job. Or man, that guy's got cool stuff. What a car that guy has. What a partner that person has. You know, what good looks that person has. And it, and it's this creates all of those negative emotions of envy and jealousy, anger and resentment. Well, this comparison game, it can cut both ways because you end up playing the comparison game of, I didn't lose my job. Nothing terrible happened to me. So I don't have a drinking problem. I certainly don't need to go to treatment. Not me. It's not that bad. Well, you know, JJ's here on the on the show tonight. We're going to talk about that comparison game and we're going to talk about the science of trauma. Now, when I was little, I wasn't hurt that badly by people who were supposed to be protecting me. Certainly not as bad as let's do it again. You know, it's that guy over there. It's like, boy, did his mom mess him up? Or boy, did you hear what his brothers did to him? That's awful. I mean, how about her? I mean, how could her best friend's dad do that to her? What a monster. How awful. How terrible. Man, the things that those people went through, and they're the ones who really need some help. Not me. I mean, I just need to suck it up. Push through it, right? So as a kid, I might not have had some grand traumatizing event. But it's sort of that death by a thousand cuts, right? Like so many other people, I experienced lots of smaller traumatic events. And some of the cuts, some of those thousand cuts, a couple of them were so deep that my brain did what the brain does when something terrible happens to it. It goes into self-defense mode and it blocked it out. So I went through treatment and I had been seeing a therapist before I went into treatment, but I hadn't been taking it particularly seriously. But I get on on the other side and I start taking my treatment more seriously to the point that we did what's called EMDR. We're going to address that in another show down the road. But basically what we're doing is we're tapping into an event and trying to remove like the negative associations with it. And in doing EMDR, all of a sudden we were unlocking some things that my brain had chosen to block out. 
some of the things that happened to me when I was a kid, some of the physical, emotional abuses that I endured, the sexual abuse that I endured. And it was really only once I could experience that trauma and break down and cry and deal with it that I could finally begin healing from that. So when we were playing the comparison game and we're only looking at what's readily available on the surface, we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to heal. So that's what JJ does as a therapist. And that's what any therapist who's worth their salt does is they help people heal. They give them the opportunity to open up and to process their grief and their pain and heal. Unfortunately, by the time a lot of people get to JJ or to a therapist or, or someone who's far less compassionate, other interventions, you know, there's so much to unpack. There's so much trauma that's compounded over the years to where if it had been caught earlier, it would have been much easier for that person to have healed. But oftentimes, you know, for the very reasons that we've discussed, it doesn't get brought up. You know, it's, it's all these things that we don't want to talk about. It's the addiction, mental illness, stigma, codependency, all of that junk is the stuff that doesn't find itself to the light often enough. But for tonight, we're really going to center on this trauma aspect because JJ is going to talk about the science of trauma, that being literally sort of the wiring of the brain, the synapses and all that good stuff that, that, that doesn't work right as trauma is compounded over the years. So I'm excited to learn some stuff. I hope you guys are too. If you have any questions, this next segment is called I Hear You. It's going to be coming up in a couple of minutes. It's where we handle some questions from our audience. It's where we address any comments you might have, any celebrations. I'm pumped that over the next couple of months, we've got some folks coming on the show who are going to be celebrating sober anniversaries. So if you've got those, send them. Uh, send any of that stuff to 40,000steps at gmail.com. That's 40000steps at gmail.com, no comma. And let us know if you want to remain anonymous, of course. Very important. But first, before we get to those questions, I want to talk about the DUI and behavioral health centers here in Sycamore, which is right near DeKalb, where I live, as well as Plano and Crystal Lake. Now, when Ron Parch and his team, when they're helping people battle addiction and mental illness, it starts with respect. When somebody battling addiction feels seen and respected, a path to recovery opens. He and his team, they create an individualized treatment plan specifically for that person. They've got individual sessions, group sessions, Zoom sessions. They incorporate the family, which is clutch, and couples. They've been doing this stuff for 25 years. They're respectful. It's affordable. They've got offices here, like I said, in Sycamore, as well as Plano and Crystal Lake around Northern Illinois. Check them out. Go to DUISycamore.com or call 815-895-9000 and you can set up an evaluation. Whether for substance abuse, mental illness, anger management, start there. Start with that evaluation. So write this down. Call 815-895-9000. Visit DUISycamore.com. So check that out. All right, folks. Got some great questions here. Excited to answer them in this next segment, which is called, I Hear You. Hey, 
welcome back, folks. Got a couple of excellent questions tonight. And uh, here are the rules of this game. Anytime that somebody sends us something, they get 40,000 points. Everybody gets 40,000 points. Everybody wins because whenever we talk about these things, uh, we, we all win. We bring more light to issues that need more attention. That being, uh, I mean, we're talking about the stigma that's surrounding mental illness, addiction, all that stuff. You know, these are the things the society says that we can't talk about. Well, I beg to differ. Every time you send us something, you get 40,000 points and you win. Here's the first one. This is from Dawn. Dawn wants to know, how do I know if I have a drinking problem? Well, the kind of the good rule of thumb is that if you're wondering if you have a drinking problem, you probably have a drinking problem. You know, this is what Ron and his team at the DUI Counseling Centers, you know, he said, what do you have to lose by reaching out and getting that assessment? You know, they're going to ask you, you know, a battery of questions um, that's going to help you figure out where you are with, with, with your problem and, and, and how you can address it and how you can get better. You know, so often we're talking about problems, but really what we want to figure out is how you can live your very best life, right? I think the, the best way to know if you have a drinking problem is to ask people who have been there and done that and seen every situation. Those assessments with Ron and his team, um, it can be as, like the cap is $80. If you're a veteran, an NIU student, if you don't have a lot of income, it can be as, as affordable as free. So whether you're reaching out to Ron or if you Google DUI assessment, you're going to find somebody who's going to get you a, an, uh, an evaluation so that you can figure out exactly where you are and how you can get to a better place. Thanks so much for writing, Don. I appreciate it, and I award you 40,000 points. Next up, we've got Dan. Here's the doozy that I think JJ is going to handle much better than I can. He says, my wife and I are trying to figure out how to do counseling. She won't go alone, but she'll do couples therapy. And I'm the opposite. I want to go alone first to work through some things. How should we handle this? This is a JJ special right here. I'm going to happily pass the buck and have him answer this in the next segment. I can speak from my personal experience that I have only done individual counseling. Um, I know that I would certainly welcome the opportunity to do couples counseling. Obviously, right now, kind of tricky <laughs> given the whole COVID situation. But that said, there are so many telehealth options now. It's an industry that has exploded during the pandemic that it is easy to find somebody who, a counselor, a therapist, who will be able to have an appointment with you via telehealth. And as always, I want to make sure that I remind folks that the quickest way to find those options is to check with your insurance and check with your like general practitioner, your regular doctor. What you're going to do by checking with your insurance is finding out what's out there and what's covered through your insurance. So make sure that you do that. Dan, I definitely didn't answer your question, did I? But we have JJ here, and he's going to do a wonderful job of helping you out with that. Let's not waste any more time. We're going to take a quick little break here. We'll be back with the, uh, the next segment, which is called The Guest Room. Let's head on over.
Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to 40,000 Steps Live, and welcome to the guest room. We have a very special guest tonight. J.J. Wett is the director of the local Youth Service Bureau here in DeKalb. He's also running for alderman in Ward 2 here in DeKalb, where, uh, where me and my family live, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. J.J., thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Let's start with from the logical position of uh, tell me how you became a therapist and tell me a little bit more about what you guys do at the Youth Service Bureau. Yeah, so um, I'll start out first with the Youth Service Bureau because over at the Youth Service Bureau, our primary goal is to offer individual and family therapy uh, for youth ages 6 to 18 currently. Uh, we are thinking about expanding beyond 18 to 24 just because you know with recent research we found that uh the brain really doesn't stop developing until 24 years old as far as i go and uh, my past um i am a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, through the state of illinois um i also am a clinically certified trauma professional as well um and Really, how I got into the field uh, was uh, when I was back in 2009, and I was laid off due to budget cuts uh, from the state of Illinois. Um, you know, I had thought, you know, what am I going to do with my life? What, where, where am I going with this? And uh, for several years, people said, you know, you'd be an absolutely great therapist great therapist and for years and years and years i denied that and i said no no i wouldn't be so in 2009 when i was laid off i said well you know we'll see where fate takes me and i applied for the marriage and family therapy program at niu i got in and haven't looked back since I, I hear so many great things about what you've done and what you guys are doing at Youth Service Bureau. Um, and you pointed to something that I've been talking about leading up to this, and you and I have talked about it leading up to the show, uh, trauma. You know, you're, you're a specialist in that area. And there is this misperception that trauma is this one big bad event that rocks our world and just like it exists in a vacuum, that one thing. Help us better understand how trauma occurs and and the effect that it has on brain, the, the actual science of it. Yeah, for sure. So with trauma, you know, often the, the big grand misconception is that it's one giant event. So whether that's, you know, an accident, physical violence, you know, a house fire, an earthquake, whatever, um, that's actually a giant misconception. Um, these events take place in our brain, and what happens is these events can be as little as when a child can't find mom or dad, whether that's, you know, at home, whether that's at a shopping mall, and they're just overwhelmed with this fear, and, you know, these events don't have to be these giant grand events like I would say. They can be as simple as that. For example, one of the things that, that I had to work through, and I'll be honest, I think every therapist needs a therapist, 
Um, otherwise, you're not a good therapist. One of the events that I had to work through uh, was when I was a child, uh, my father was actually in the garage and I was in the living room. There was a candle uh, burning in the kitchen and I wasn't in my wheelchair at the time. I was in another chair where I couldn't move and that candle exploded. There was no fire in the house, nothing that happened in the house. But of course, as a seven-year-old, I couldn't get up to explore what had happened. And in my mind, that event took up so much space in my head until I worked through it with the therapist myself. Mm -hmm. I, I love what you said about that every therapist needs a therapist. And as a journalist, we're always told that every editor needs an editor. As you spoke with your therapist about it, uh, how did you guys address that? Yeah, so really... Um, with trauma, just in general, uh, you know, you're you're never gonna erase the event. That that just is never gonna happen unless you have a lobotomy, and and in that case, you're gonna forget half your life. So really, what what the goal is is to help work through the event so that you don't become flooded by that anxiety or that fear. And so it's really staying grounded in the moment, being able to tell that story, sense every sense that's going on around you, whether it's smell, taste, hearing, sight, feel. Um, and so really it's, it's disconnecting that overwhelming feeling with the event. I definitely, I, I understand. Like when you explain the scenario of like a child being alone and the fear that that like sticks with you over the years, you experience something that would have a certain amount of overlapping with that <laughs> just, just in different ways, shapes and forms. So what happens then as subsequent events occur that sort of, I mean, are they hitting like that sort of like zone of the brain and reinforcing that trauma? How does that work? Yeah. So essentially we, we use the phrase neurons that fire together, wire together. So when you experience something similar over and over and over again, what you're doing is you're reaffirming that pathway in the brain. And so when a similar event takes place, your brain's automatic reaction is going to be to go to that neural pathway. And so you're going to have the same feelings, the same reactions, and the same result in the end. So we, we can't avoid those things happening. Life is going to happen to us every day. So how do we prepare ourselves better for when something is going to, you know, address that, that neural pathway? Well, so I think with the science, the brain, and this is the best part of the brain, is that um, the brain is moldable. It's not a static organ. Um, it's, it's very fluid in nature and so if you work through those previous traumatic events and you truly address the um, traumatic impact of those events you're able to lessen your reaction to similar events in the future that's awesome. And, and it's also very, very comforting to know that my brain can change. Yes. <laughs> I, I, th 
I think we all can take a lot of comfort in that. Yes. I'm going to just say it again, that it's very comforting to know that we can live our lives without fear of things happening to us because they're going to. But in order to get to that place, we have to be willing to do the work and have the conversations. How do we get to a place where more people are willing to have those conversations? I know that this is one of those $64,000 questions, but uh, how, how do we get there, do you think? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's a it's a multitude of things, like you said, but really, I think the thing that I'm going to address around this is um, toxic masculinity, uh, particularly in men. Um, you know, that toxic masculinity really prevents men from expressing themselves, admitting something's wrong, admitting that, yeah, I may have messed up, but that's okay. I'm going to learn from it. And really what it is, being able to accept that you can change and you can change as long as you're willing to embrace those emotions and those feelings that go with it. Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny, like one of the things that when I think about like toxic masculinity, it's like, you know, grittiness and toughness. And it's like, you know, you, you don't get calluses and, and scabs and stuff if, if, if you're not willing to like go through the pain and address things, right? <laughs> There's a little bit of irony there of this toxic masculinity junk. And I want to get back to that in just a second. Uh, but first, I want to talk about one of my other favorite therapists. Um, my very own psychiatrist, Jada Butler, is launching an eight-week course that's going to slash anxiety and help you live a healthy, fulfilling life. Because, folks, I know that we're all anxious. And if you're not, you're one of the very lucky few. Whether it's because of work or lack thereof, being stuck inside, missing family and friends, anxiety is running wild. So go to soulviasoul.com and learn more about Jada's eight-week program. That's S-O-U-L-V-I-A-S-O-L-E.com, soulviasoul. And click on Schedule Consultation, and she's going to give you a free one-hour consultation. That's a free one-hour session with a shrink. Not very cheap, so do it. And you're going to find out whether the program is a good fit for you. Her program centers on exercise, diet, meditation, and generally exploring your higher purpose. So Jada's program is going to help build the foundation of a better life. So once again, go to soulviasoul.com and join. You can join them on Facebook too, Soul Via Soul. Look for the Facebook page. Make a commitment to yourself and the life that you want with Soul Via Soul. All right, so JJ, coming back to the toxic masculinity stuff, this can't be a new revelation to us. Have you seen over the course of the past few years, has progress been made in terms of, of us realizing that it, it's, it's cool to hurt because when you, when you admit that you hurt, you can heal and, and you can get stronger? Yeah, I mean, I will say that that, that stigma is definitely fading on... I'm not going to say it's completely gone, obviously. Um, you know, I think uh, about some of even the guy friends that I have, how that toxic masculinity still runs pretty deep amongst all of them. And then, you know, I, I even think about, you know, how all this, I guess, world pressure, you know, pointing to everyone to be the best they can be also, you know, 
provides that push to not look weak. And in that regard, you know, I think we have seen it change. Even, you know, when we, we look at the military, for example, you know, the military certainly investing more in their mental health programs, which I, I think is amazing. You know, if we're going to send these guys and, well, all these people, I should say, off to war, then obviously we need to provide those services for the trauma that they're, they're going to endure when they're over there. Or even, you know, in a natural disaster situation, the trauma that they endure there, too. And I, I think those programs are expanding. Do I think they're expanding at a rate that they need to? No. But there's growth. It is incremental, though, I think. Anytime that the pendulum swings too fast, I think things get knocked off their axis. So I just try to approach every day from a position of being grateful for just a little bit of incremental growth every day. For sure. So whether we're talking about toxic masculinity or if we're talking about trauma and stuff, help our our audience understand how important it is that we model things for our youth and that we educate them early so that those interventions can be in place um, and supports can be in place so that, you know, somebody isn't first seeing a counselor at, you know, age 18, 25, 35, 50 years old, and they've got all that stuff to unpack. People don't realize that that kids are actually more intuitive to emotion than adults are. The reason being is when we're babies, we have a lot more uh, mirror neurons. And so that's, those are the neurons that say, you know, when you're a baby, hey, my dad's smiling at me. I'm going to smile back. And those are the, the neurons that pick up emotion. And as we grow, those neurons tend to die off. And so we don't have it many when we're adults. And so that's why I say children are way more intuitive emotion than adults are and I think uh, parents when I say, tell them that it's often a wake up call like oh what I'm going through you know it's gonna be rubbed off on my children if I don't you know try to address this right now and uh, a lot of parents don't realize that particularly when when uh, are coming into the Youth Service Bureau, and uh, I think even that statement helps parents want to be better for their children so that they're not passing on these uh, behaviors. Yeah, there's there's got to be some place, somewhere between being a small child and being 41 like I am where like I feel like all of my mirrors have broken <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and I, w- and I wish I could have some of that back I wish I were more malleable like a child was but I know that myself and so many you know parents in my life who are parents to young kids you know we're all very cognizant of the fact that they are little sponges. And you know what, if we're not cognizant of it, we find out really fast when yep. some of the words that we're saying come flying back at us. Yep. All right, hey, I wanna talk one last time about the uh, DUI counseling centers here in Northern Illinois, because as Bear's pointing out, folks, you have nothing to lose. If you think that there might be an issue for someone or someone that you love, 
Get an evaluation for alcohol, drugs, mental health, or anger. Do it today at DUI and Behavioral Health Counseling Center in Northern Illinois. Depending on your situation, it might be free. If you're loaded, then it's going to run you about 80 bucks, but that's the max. If you're a veteran, an NIU student, or unemployed, you're going to get a break. So what do you have to lose? If there's an issue, Ron Parch and his team will use their 25 years of experience to build an individualized treatment plan that's confidential and effective. They've got offices in Sycamore, Plano, and Crystal Lake. Check out DUISycamore.com or call 815-895-9000 and set up an evaluation. Do it. Whether for substance abuse, mental illness, anger management, start there with that evaluation. Write this down. Call 815-895-9000 or visit DUISycamore.com. All right. Back with J.J. Wett here in the guest room. And J.J., you are running for alderman in our ward. I'm pretty pumped that the signs that we put out this past week seem to be holding in the snow. So we're finding some victories in this campaign. You've, you've lived here since you went to college. What are some of the greatest issues that we face here in DeKalb? These are issues that exist virtually everywhere. But what are some of the issues we're facing here, and how do those issues tie into what you do for a living? You know, a lot of what people are concerned about here uh, that I'm hearing is about the crime rate, you know, going up. And one of the things that, you know, is often misunderstood is that poverty and crime are pretty much interlinked. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that the higher crime rate areas, you're going to see way more poverty. And that's just simply because people are trying to make it by, right? They have to do what they have to do to feed their children, to feed their families. And one of the things that as a um, social service representative uh, that I can bring is really when we talk about mental health, and we talk about crime rate. Mental health is the only thing that can stop crime. My campaign is, is predominantly about being proactive over reactive. Let's put those supports in place so that when we have the crime, we can figure out why. It's not just punishment, it's building up the community so that we can be one community and have those supports in order. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of that is flexibility and not using this cookie cutter approach where if somebody gets into trouble, let's say that they get arrested and they get charged and then, wow, they just lost their job because because they had to post cash bail. We know that those scenarios go downhill very quickly. So in terms of, you know, building in supports and services, we kind of need to have a variety of different types of services because society is not a, a one-size-fits-all situation, right? For sure. For sure. And I, I think, um, you know, having lived in the DeKalb community for the past 17 years, actually almost 18 years at this point, time flies, we are social service dense. So we do have quite a few of those services. Where we lack sometimes is that service delivery to those areas. Mm-hmm. And so what, uh, you know, in my opinion, 
I, what I would like to do is I would like to bring all of the social service agencies together uh, and, and even have satellite offices um, in those areas where those services are needed because that way the people can come straight there, no transportation issues. It's just right at their community. Oh, I love that. I love that centralized hub. Yep. You have like your social uh, services vending machine. That's brilliant. Yep. Not all of my viewers are fortunate enough to live here in DeKalb or to live in a, a city that's robust with these human services. What's your best advice for somebody who might be watching where it's extremely difficult for them to see a psychiatrist or to, to have access to the, some of the services that we're spoiled with here? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. It's, especially in some of those like rural areas, super rural mm -hmm. areas, it's hard to get to see someone. The good part is if you have access to internet, you can see a therapist. A lot of people don't know that, uh, but I actually will see clients on the side, uh, adult clients on the side uh, for a sliding fee. Um, and I will do it mostly online. Um, I've had clients away, you know, as far as Southern Illinois see me online. And so I think those services are available. They're not super expensive because uh, I also contract with uh, BetterHelp at the at the moment. And okay. I, I believe their plan is $200 a month. But what that $200 uh, gives you is it gives you unlimited messaging to your therapist and four sessions a month. Wow. I mean, how, do, how does that work? Unlimited messaging? That sounds like a slippery slope. Yeah. So essentially by contract, you know, I have to check the messages two to three times a day. And if there's message, I respond. If there's not, then I move on. I'm already like flashing back to what about Bob, where he's constantly trying to get in touch with <laughs> His therapist. Yeah. That's not so, going to be you. you. You're not going to be like shredding the messages. And, and... No. So, <laughs> so the good part about the app um, for clients is that it, you know, it texts your therapist. Your therapist gets a notification that the client doesn't have access to your personal cell or like your personal information. So. Sure. You know, BetterHelp is one of a number of companies that have really exploded during the uh, pandemic. It's one of the silver linings that we can find is the uh, the, the surge in telehealth. Mm -hmm. oh, hey, while we're giving people advice, I promised uh, my friend Dan from the last segment that I'd ask you this question. When it comes to couples versus individualized therapy, like it sounds like in his household, he wants individual, then he'll think about couples. She only wants to do couples. What's Dan supposed to do? So in that situation, I, I always say that individual and couples can occur simultaneously. It doesn't have to be one or the other. If the individual issues revolve around the couples therapy piece of it, then I would suggest that those issues be brought up in the couple's therapy session. However, if you're working on individual uh, issues, whether it's trauma from the past that affects the present, then obviously that can be worked on in the individual as well. 
Uh, so I, I've always said that they can occur simultaneously. Ethically, I cannot see one person and then see them as a couple just because that provides bias. And, and so I, it's either one or the other. They have to choose. Um, but I will refer them to either a good couples therapist or a good individual therapist. Are these your ethics or like what, what ethics bind you on that? So we, we abide by the AAMFP code of ethics, which is the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapists. I know we need to start winding down. So I want to ask you, like you said, you're a therapist, you see a therapist. How much do you enjoy the opportunity to talk to somebody? Well, actually, um, seeing it's how I really don't have a lot going on, right? Uh, I haven't seen my therapist in a long time. But, you know, she she and I worked through a lot of that trauma that um, I had from my childhood, from my early adulthood. And what I will say is the biggest part I enjoyed of that is... Not only did it make me a better person, it made me a better therapist. Can you give me an example of, because you guys worked through that, because you addressed that trauma from when you were a kid, what's something that might happen now that you're more prepared to deal with and be equipped to handle it and get through it without without, you know, being brought to your knees by that trauma all over again? Like, what would be one of those overlapping points that could touch on that that experience you had as a child? Yeah, so I think um, as a child, this is just an overall kind of gist. Uh, I would always shut down during arguments. And that carried over into my adulthood relationships. And so after I worked through that trauma, um, I've definitely become more of a direct person rather than an indirect person or passive-aggressive, as we often refer to it as. And that has really helped not just in my romantic relationships, but also in um, my work relationships, my friendships. Uh, my relationships with my personal care assistants, I'm much more direct with them, my needs and what I need. Um, and so it's just, it's really helped me become more of a direct person to address uh, my needs. Well, and I have to think that there are going to be some confrontations when, say, you're, you know, running for elected office. So you're a better person, you're a better therapist, and you're a better candidate. Yep. Awesome. So cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for these next few weeks as we uh, as we see the campaign play out. And I'm so grateful for having you on the show tonight. I know I, I've, I've learned a lot. I hope our audience has as well. And I know that we've probably only like touched the tip of the icebergs on some of this stuff. So maybe we mm-hmm. can... Uh, Maybe we can bring you back in in a few months and we can uh, we can start making our way down the uh, the iceberg a little bit more. Sounds good. All right, great. Thanks, JJ. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. Well, folks, this has been awesome. I love that uh, 
I love that we're talking about this trauma stuff and I'm fascinated by science. Do you guys like science? This whole like wiring of the neurons and neural pathways and stuff when I'm like, when it's explained to me that the brain is malleable and that we can take these programmed pathways and we can change them, that gives me a lot of hope. But as, as always, the way that we do that is we address it. If we respect our mental health, if we pay attention to it, if we love ourselves enough to make it a priority to talk about these things, to admit when we're hurting, that's how we break up all these stagnant, you know, just static filled pathways that aren't doing us any good. Speaking of therapists, mine is going to be coming on our next show in two weeks. Jada Butler is going to be joining us once again, her second stop on the show. We're going to have her on every few months because well, I have to check in with her every few months. So then we bring her in here and we talk about all my problems. Super fun. But we're going to talk about her new program that she's launching. I brought it up earlier, uh, soulviasoul.com. I'm going to spell that for you one more time. S-O-U-L via V-I-A soul, S-O-L-E, because of the... Uh, the uh, exercise component of it. So soulviasoul.com. She's going to be launching that program really soon. It's an eight-week program. You can join it at any time, though. So if you want to watch all of us guinea pigs do it and see how we like it and then ask us, that's cool. But I think you should sign up right off the bat. So I can't wait to have her on so we can talk more about that and we can talk about what's new in her world. And we can talk about the fact that we are only a few weeks away from spring starting to spring. And I know that it's been a tough year to say the very least. It's the mother of all understatements, but there are some really cool days coming up ahead of us here. As the vaccines are being rolled out, there's going to be more opportunity for us to come together. And I'm excited about that because I know when I look into this camera, it's not the same as looking into the face of my friends who I've missed very much. So we're getting there, folks. Just keep doing the right thing. And as we wrap up the show, the always constant reminder that even if everything feels like it's falling apart out there, right in here, we are always coming together. See you soon, folks. Love you.